This is Oddballers, and I'm your host, Elizabeth Wires, and I am in search of the odd and bizarre. So join me as I embark on this journey onto the B-side of life to find the oddities in the world. From witch hunts to trending skincare routines, schizophrenic writers and blood-sucking demons turned sexy pop culture icons. This is Oddballers. International Podcast Day is September 30th, and you can help spread the word. You may be asking, what can I do to get involved? It's pretty simple. Head over to internationalpodcastday.com and check the suggestions. Then use hashtag International Podcast Day to join the conversation. You can reach out and connect with other podcasters, listeners, and your favorite podcast hosts. Remember September 30th, International Podcast Day, a day-long celebration of the power of podcasts. Welcome back to another episode of Oddballers Podcast. My name is Elizabeth Wires, and I am your host. It is September and this month we are doing Small Business September and specifically focusing on women in business. Two weeks ago we had an amazing interview with Skylar Cunningham, the founder and CEO of Skylar Grace Company. And this week we have once again another women in business. This interview, I will admit, is not one that I ever intended to have air on this podcast. I actually created it for a completely different reason. And when I found it recently, I thought to myself, I must use this. I must. So long story short, I reached out and got permission to share this interview with you guys. And I am very excited. I will say this interview is totally uncut and very, very raw. Um, but today I am sharing with you the interview from Carlene Mills Coleman, owner, founder, and instructor at Showtime Dance and Tumbling Studio. Carlene created Showtime 35 years ago in the old Betty Mae Harris studio in the Hotel Patti in Perry, Iowa. She has been dancing since age seven and has an education from the college at St. Teresa in Minnesota and a BA from the Dance Educators of America through the University of Western Kentucky. Carlene is also an active member of the nationwide accredited association Dance Masters of Mid-America, Chapter 37. Carlene was also my dance instructor for about 15 years of my life. And not only is she a brilliant dance instructor, but she is also someone who is never afraid to push you and challenge you and tell you that you're not setting your dreams high enough, which she indeed does in this actual recording. Um, we get quite off topic and derail the conversation a bit by talking about my life. Now, before I share this interview, I have to preface something this interview was recorded pre-COVID and was recorded pre-podcast, which means that there 
are no masks and no special microphones or sound canceling equipment and we are actually in her dance studio recording this which means there is quite a lot of noise in the background but I really do think that all of this noise and all of this chaos in the background is the really the only way without actually being there and experiencing it yourself that someone can get the true authentic aesthetic of Showtime Studio. Now, with that being said, here is Carlene Mels Coleman, the owner of Showtime Studio. I received a dance scholarship from Winona, Minnesota, and back in the 80s, your academics were very important, but I had a weight, I was on weight probation. So every Friday after jazz class, I was weight, and I had to be between 135 and 135 and 137 pounds. And I had to weigh at 8 o'clock Monday morning when I came to ballet class in tights and leotard. It was a private school, so a $3,500 scholarship in the 80s was huge because my tuition was only seven grand. It was an all-girls Catholic college. So that's where my story begins. Okay, I really hate to interrupt, but I just want to point out that I really love how she says, that's how my story begins, because this story begins just like anybody else's story and as you can tell she kind of just started telling her story I didn't even have to ask her a question again this is totally unedited so prepare yourself because there will be voices and music and lots of things happening in the background and I apologize for that but I really do think that it's important to keep that in there because it shows the dynamic of this studio anyways I think that it's important to note that this story is her story and this story really just starts like any other and now you know we know how it ends she's successful but to see the struggle and to hear the struggle that she had to go through in the start of the story is really impressive to me so that's all I wanted to say so that's where my story begins is I had to keep that and yes I do have an eating problem I love food um, I would eat chocolate X-lax all day Sunday and lots of water and flush my system so I could be on weight because if I was even a pound over, then I'd be on academic, or I wouldn't call it academic, they called it weight probation. And I would have two weeks to get that weight off. So eating pizza, we would eat pizza I would just have to shit it out because I can't, I can't purge. So I went to college and I had nothing. I paid for my own school. I had debt. I got out only one year at private college because I couldn't afford to go back the next year. So I went to DMAC for um, senior, citizen senior citizen activities. So 
I, I love entertaining. So I could entertain all those people. And I worked at my job after I graduated. I got married. Um, and then at the nursing home, I got the job offered to me to go to physical therapy because having one year of dance, I had kinesiology, I had biology, I had all those classes of anatomy to help stretch and know the human body. So I was a physical therapy aide. The year that I chose to either open the studio or I could take a test and grandfather in as a physical therapy assistant, which I probably would have made more money now that I look at it, because a dance studio owner goes with the economy. If the economy takes a hit, then the studio's gonna take a hit, because you have to feed your family, you have to get to work. Anything at a studio is a pleasure. And that's what breaks my heart. These kids don't understand. Your parents are paying me to teach you something and you think it's social time. So I was working at the therapy and a lady came in and says, oh, did you hear the dance teacher is it gonna open up this year? And I'm like, what? So I called her and she says, nope, that she got kicked out of her building and she wasn't gonna buy a building. And so my bell started whistling. Um, I talked to my mom. My mom cashed in my life insurance policy, which was $1,200. And she had coffee every day at Hardy's. And she talked to all of her Hardy's ladies, and they all brought white paint. And we put it all together, and we painted my studio that was in the Betty Mae Harris studio at the Patti Hotel. I was there for five years, and my rent was $150 a month and I started off with 90 no 87 students and it was $2.50 a lesson and so that would be an hour long and I didn't know where to go so I just started at 250 because when I was a kid it was a dollar fifty so that's where I started. And now I've been in business. I bought my building after five years. I've been here 28 years now. And I've had years where I've gone in the hole, 20 to $30,000 at tax time because the studio had, it was a bad winter. Or um, in 2008, the economy didn't hit me until 2009, and I only had 92 students. I was having to take money out of my personal family's checking account to pay my teacher and bookkeeper because we just had enough to keep the lights on here at the studio. So I continue to grow. Anymore, it's, it's as easy to grow by looking things up on the internet but just a year ago, I went to a tumbling clinic to learn how I can continue to teach tumbling and acrobatics and not get hurt at age, I guess I was 55 when I went to that, and I'm 58 now. But I have to keep moving because if I don't keep moving, then my life will stop. I've always looked at this as I'm not coming to work, I'm going to the studio. 
and I've told myself, when I start calling at work, I'm not going to do this no more. I, my daughters both have chosen not to go into this, this fabulous business where my youngest daughter loves the theater and that's her major in college theater, but she is wanting to teach in the school system where you get a paycheck and you get insurance and you get benefits where you are a business owner, you don't get benefits, you create your own. My benefits are going to a workshop. You know, that's my benefit. I don't have to pay for it, the studio does. Mm-hmm. But there's highs and lows in business, and nobody knows it. You know, they think, mm-hmm. they think, oh, she owns a business, they're rich. Well, yeah, maybe one year I might, or maybe, maybe three years in a row. We've been blessed in the last three years. We have over 12 families that are Latino in our, in our studio. Where Marshalltown is bigger than Perry, their dynamics are about the same. And they only have, my girlfriend's studio has over 300 students in it. They only have five Latino families. Where we only have 125 families all together, and I got 12 of them that are Latinos. So that has been a huge help to get them in our studio because they take pride in paying their bills. So what is your ultimate goal as like a dance instructor? So I know like not every, knowing that not everyone that comes through these doors and comes to the classes are going to be like, yeah, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Or, you know, they might do dance team in college or they might not. Like, what do you hope that people walk away with at the end of the day? Okay, personal goal about 15 years ago, my personal goal was to reach 300 students. I had three studios at one time. Then my daughter went into middle school and I realized that I had missed the whole life of my oldest daughter. I never got to go to a choir concert. I have never been to a parent-teacher conference in my life. I have um, never got to see my oldest daughter. Um, I never got to see her do a speech contest. Um, so that's when I got rid, I just got rid of the Madrid studio and I signed a contract with a gal to teach out of my building in Grimes. And that was, right now we're looking at 10 years ago. So I was able to enjoy, that was my personal goal after I saw that I screwed up with the first child and didn't get to enjoy any of her childhood or her high school years. I didn't want to miss anything if I, if I, if it was all possible of her life, high school, you know, but now I'm looking back and I want everybody to walk in and out of the doors with a little bit of love in their heart. I just saw a post the other day from one of my students. Um, she is a mother of four. She is an LPN. She works at a doctor's clinic every other weekend, but she does daycare at home. And her daughters take dance, and she just got to fill in as a substitute teacher. And she put on Facebook, it, as soon as I walked in the studio, everything started to click again. And she was one of my assistants, and she taught here. And so that was like 
That's my goal now, is for everybody always to leave the studio with a piece of dance in their heart. So what is the best piece of advice that you've been given? I think it's a word. I was told when I was 10 years old, never say the word can't. And that is a rule in the studio. You do not say can't. Can't needs to be eliminated. Because if you put that in your head, that you can't do something, you never will do it. That came from my dance teacher 50 years ago. Seriously, I can't. Don't say I can't do something. You can figure out a way to do anything if you want it. What is something that you have learned along the way that has come from a failure of some kind? And maybe not necessarily a failure, but something that wasn't necessarily supposed to happen the way that it did. What is the biggest thing that you've learned? In business, you have to be careful about your friendships. People take advantage of you because they want their child to be in a certain place at the studio. And you have to protect your heart and your mind because I've gotten burnt several times because I've let somebody come in and be in my social, my inner social circle. So that would, I would say, opening my heart up to people has been my biggest failure because you can get burnt. You have to always keep your business as business and friendships needs to be totally away from the business. I am a very soft-hearted person and I can tell you right now, sitting here at my desk, I know of about $1,300 that people owe me from last dance year. And I did not have the heart to tell their child they could not dance my recital. Which is stated in our handbook. If your bill's not paid, you cannot perform in the show. But it's not the kid's fault that the parent chose to go buy a new car or go buy new clothes. So that is a huge failure. I'm terrible at that. Mm -hmm. I, I, I feel that it's not the kid's fault. It's the parent that should have to be shamed <laughs> because they didn't pay their bill to me. Yeah. Um, you kind of touched on how like owning a business is very stressful and it can be at times a little bit finicky with the way it is. How has your business become so successful? It's been around for a long time and you have people that come back and <laughs> and I know that there's returning students every year and there's also like alumni that come back and send their kids here and why do you think that is? What do you think makes this place? Um, I think it's because I don't think I'm any better than anybody else. I'm just as common as anybody. I, I don't drive a big fancy car. I don't have diamonds dripping off of me. Um... I'm just normal like everybody else, and I want everybody else to feel normal too. I want it to be a, a warm, especially nowadays I have kids that 
I can tell that are coming from homes that I've I could tell this for the last twenty years if mom and dad had gotten a divorce because I am like the only thing that's secure in their life. I'm going to be here every week at five o'clock and to teach your class. And those little kids will run in and grab my legs and hug me. I'm their stability because they might have been at four different places this weekend. They might have had to, this is dad's weekend, but then dad's grandma wants to see them and then somebody else wants to see them and then they have to meet up in the highway somewhere at a four corner to get back in mom's car and then mom has a boyfriend and they have to go pick up the boyfriend because he don't drive you know I'm their stability Miss Carlene's gonna be there you know and even my helpers the kids get attached to a certain helpers why why isn't why isn't Bethany here today? You know, she's always supposed to be here. She was here last week. Where is this Bethany? You know, and those helpers don't realize that they're part of those kids' lives. When they don't show up, something's different. But I'm always here. Mm -hmm. And I do remember, like, this is kind of going away from that, but I do, there's one thing that I do remember from, like, when I graduated from here or whatever, and I remember you said one thing to me that like I always remember, and it's that like you can't be like here for 15 years and not know like continue to talk to somebody. Right. And that's like like going through my life now. I'm like, hmm. I've been I, in your yeah, life for yeah. 15 years. Well, now even longer because well, I'm still right. Right. Well, yeah. we still keep in contact, mm -hmm. and I keep in contact with not everyone because everybody goes Somebody. different directions. Mm -hmm. But I mean, like. Like, you did competition with me, mm -hmm. so that brought us a bond closer. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, with your mom and you liking the theater, just like I do, mm -hmm. we've shared that that experience together. So, yeah, and you like to travel. That's that surprises me that you're not adventuring in that direction in your life, yeah. because that is. A love of yours. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that surprises me. That surprises me as well. <laughs> yeah. Now your major will change next week. Uh, I hope not. I hope not. Okay, this is where the conversation gets slightly derailed, and we start talking about my life at the time. Keep in mind, I was in college at this time, and I really did struggle with my choice of major, shall I say? And Carlene obviously knew this. And yes, I know I am still struggling with what I want to do with my life, even though I have a full-time job that I really do enjoy, but who doesn't want to travel? Although now COVID has hit, so things have changed a little bit, so I wonder what she would have to say about this now. Anyways, this slightly derailed conversation does have a bit of truth in it, and so I will let you listen to it because she does have some great advice. So, here it is. But, but you love history. And you love stories about other countries and learning. Mm -hmm. You love to learn. And that when you tell me event planning, I'm like, yeah, you can do it, but you did it in 4-H too. Yeah. I feel like you're not setting your goals high enough for yourself. Okay, so remember when I said that there's some chaos happening in the background 
this is now. A class shows up during our interview and puts their shoes on and is getting ready to go in and actually start dancing. And so a lot of the voices and people that you hear in the background are actually dance student dance students at the studio learning and practicing their dance for their lesson for the day. And some of them have quite a bit to say. So I kept this in here because I think that it's a really good image that you can have in your mind of what this studio is actually like. It's like one big giant family. Hey, I gave Mary Elena your number, so... Who? Mary Elena. Because she was like, do you have Carlene's number? She has my number? (laughs) What's wrong? What's wrong? I don't know. She said she has to ask you a question. She wants to know what your real name is. (laughs) What? She wants to know what my real name is? What your middle name is. What is it, by the way? Fred. (laughs) Fred. What? Fred. <laughs> Get in there. McKenna, where's your black tap shoes? Mom never has time to go get them, and I keep telling her every single week, we need to go get them. And then we literally, I'm literally out for things, and it takes every single day. My yai like, daughter was too. You need to go after you get done with dance. Okay. I'll tell my mom. How, what time do you get done? Uh, I think around like, like 7.30. No, you don't get done that late. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's like 5. 5? Uh, Mark's clothes is at 5. That's what you should do is go before okay. you come to dance. Because you could go through Ankeny and then come on over. That's literally what we did today. My mom was like, no, we have to step at Dolly, Dolly Tree and the Blue. And they're right next to each other. I'm like, mom. It's a whole different food. sound. Yeah, that's, those nice tap shoes are a whole different sound. Did you bring your pants? I'll make sure my mom. Well, we're at home and get them. I'll make sure my We can probably go through Ankeny I can make them tonight. small. I don't even know where they are. That's oh, the okay. Bring them on my Wednesday. Mom me, my mom is someone Okay. I don't have my point shoes. You gotta have those next week too. You gotta get those at Marks. Then my mom's in the car right now. I will go out and talk to her. She's like right across the street. I don't know why, but. (laughs) Okay. Yes. Okay. How much is it, dear? One hundred and one. Okay. Let me find you in here. Last thing. R S. You're right there. Okay, you have 101. It says it's supposed to be 127, but I will give you a receipt, okay? Girls, because you have your sister too. She's doing very good. Okay. Let me get you a receipt here. There you go, ma'am. Thank you, thank you. Okay, so what else do we got to cover? Okay, so now is when we kind of get back into the questions, and I don't know if you heard me ask there, but I asked what was a major turning point in your life and how did that affect you? And hopefully the sound quality should get a little bit better because we did shut the door at this point. Um, But they were still doing tap inside the studio floor. So you can still hear it, unfortunately. 
when my mom died at age, she was 57 and I was 37. Life changing. She was my bookkeeper and my receptionist. And I had to figure it out on my own. <laughs> Somebody who has influenced in your life and your career, and somebody that might have just had like a big impact on you to kind of inspire you to something. As I'm editing this, I'm realizing that the noise in the background is actually quite loud, and you probably also did not hear that question. So I will repeat that for you just in case you did not hear it. But I did ask her who is somebody that has influenced you or mentored or helped really build the esteem to creating this business. So just the biggest influence that she's had in her life and asking about who that was. I would say in a business aspect, it would be Betty Hill. She was a friend of mine um, she's very well known in Des Moines. Um, she owns pretty much all of Valley Junction. And when I went to buy my building in Grimes, I called her up and asked her what did she think. And she asked me what were my numbers, what was, how much cash show I have, blah, 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 blah. And I gave her all that and, and she called me back and she says, everything looks good. You cannot go wrong with real estate. And that's how she made her millions, was in real estate. And she, she also told me one time, when I had all three studios, that that was silly because I'm paying an expense, an overhead for all three buildings, but I needed to try to get those people to come to one location because the numbers that I had in the other two were not as large as what was in this Perry location that I needed to try to convince them somehow, give them a discount, whatever, to come here. She was very savvy in her business way, um, very cheap, and I'm very cheap. Um, I, don't, I don't believe in name brand anything but I do believe quality doesn't necessarily come with a brand it comes with research you, know, you gotta I gotta know what costumes I can get a good quality and yet a good price and I know what companies I can get cheap quality and cheap prices and mark it up but then my parents are going to hate me because their co kids' costumes are going to fall apart. Mm -hmm. So I kind of hit a happy meeting. So I think my last question is, if you could do one thing differently, what would it be? Um... I could have hired a teacher so I could have attended Ariel's, my oldest daughter's school activities, because I'll never get that back. And it really has damaged her. She, 
she brings it up often that she hopes now that she has a daughter and I have several teachers that are teaching for me that I'll be able to attend her daughter's activities. So, but when you're just starting out and you have no extra money for yourself, let alone to hire somebody, you have to do everything. I, I do the cleaning myself. I do hire my windows to be washed. That's the only thing I hire done, but I do all the cleaning and everything at the studio just because I want to keep that money for myself and be able to have the teachers teach for me because at 58, I can't physically do it anymore. My saying used to always be, if I can do it, you can do it. That stopped about at age 45. <laughs> I don't say that anymore. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, okay. I think that's hopefully all I need. If not, I'll be calling you up and being like, hey, okay, I didn't get this question. <laughs> I didn't get this question. That is all for this episode of Oddballers. I warned you that it was going to be kind of a funky interview and kind of a funky episode, but I think that, at least for me personally, this was a really fun interview and it was really different. And I think that for a podcast, it might not be the best interview, but here it is. It's out there. And here is two oddballers for changing ways of podcasts interviews. Carleen Mels Coleman is an amazing dance instructor and an amazing business owner and also just an amazing friend. And I'm so glad that she gave permission for me to use this interview because I really do think that it has just pulled Small Business September together. And I'm so proud of how this month turned out. But until then, join us back here in two weeks for a regularly scheduled episode when we have our October episodes. I'll give you a hint. It's going to be spooky. Also, make sure you're following us on our Instagram and our new Facebook page. Both of them are at Oddballers Podcast. My name is Elizabeth Wires, and I am the host of Oddballers. Thanks for listening. Oddballers is a bi-weekly podcast hosted by Elizabeth Wires. This podcast will dive deep into popular culture and media to explore the weird truth behind any and all topics, odd and interesting, and try and understand why humans are so fascinated with the biggest trends, tales, and oddities of the world. Join me for a new topic every month to learn a little something odd about the world that we inhabit. This is Oddballers.